Hello and welcome to your San Diego News Fix. I'm Abby Hamblin, filling in for Christy Totten. Today we'll talk to healthcare reporter Paul Sisson about San Diego County moving into the orange tier of California's system of reopening during the coronavirus pandemic. Then, the Union Tribune's Reader Outreach Editor will fill us in on what readers think about moving away from California. First, the news. The San Diego City Council voted to officially enact new regulations for short-term vacation rentals. The number of homes that are available to rent for more than 20 days a year will now be capped at 1% or what amounts to 5,400 units. The new regulations could potentially cut the number of vacation rentals currently available by as much as 30%. Mission Bay, which has a long history with these kinds of rentals, will have its own rules carved out. The community will be limited to renting out 30% of its housing stock or about 1,100 units. The new rules take effect July of 2022. Governor Gavin Newsom has announced that California will lift most of its coronavirus restrictions on businesses and workplaces on June 15th, a move he described as a full reopening. The lifting of restrictions will be achieved if California's COVID-19 vaccine supply remains consistent and hospitalizations remain low. In a press conference, Newsom said that the federal government is expected to supply the state with an abundance of doses through the end of April and into May. This full reopening won't mean saying goodbye to masks, however, as officials say the statewide mask mandate will remain in place after June 15th. San Diego County is moving to the orange tier of the state's reopening guidelines that start on Wednesday, which means that restaurants, movie theaters, museums, zoos, and places of worship will be able to operate at 50% capacity indoors. The county will also be lifting a 10 p.m. curfew for restaurants, bars, breweries, distilleries, and wineries that has been in place since July, and bars that do not serve meals can reopen for outdoor seating. Sporting events and concerts can now proceed with 33% of attendance for California residents, and there will no longer be restrictions on indoor retail shopping capacity. Officials said that the county was able to move into the orange tier because of a low coronavirus case rate and the state hitting its vaccine goals. And now, with so much coronavirus pandemic news in our top headlines, we're lucky to have healthcare reporter Paul Sisson here to make sense of it all. Paul, thanks for joining me. Oh, my pleasure. What a day, huh? Yeah, a lot of news, a lot of news. Um, let's just jump right in with the way the way it was worded in a tweet by uh, Governor Newsom was, we're setting our eyes on fully reopening by June 15th. Uh, what have you gathered about what reopening means in this situation? Yeah, they had a little private briefing for a lot of the healthcare reporters in the state uh, earlier this morning before the gov- governor went on. So we got to grill uh, Dr. Gainley, the, uh, the Secretary of Health and Human Services in California. Uh, so, you know, what, what, what they're saying in general is, A, we feel like, you know, we're already getting 2 million doses a week out of the feds, uh, and we expect that to even increase more uh, next month. Uh, they said, you know, we expect to have 30 million Californians have uh, had at least one vaccine dose by the end of April. Uh, and they were saying that, uh, you know, pretty much the, the eligible number of people age 16 and older in California to be vaccinated is only 32 million. Uh, so, 
so that's <laughs> that's most uh, most folks age 16 and older. Uh, you know, the the CDC is currently considering moving the vaccination uh, approval down to age 12, and that will probably ha happen either uh, this month or early next month. So so that would expand that 32 million number uh, further. Uh, but but anyway, they they feel like, gosh, we've got enough. Uh, assurances from the feds that we're going to keep seeing these uh, robust robust uh, numbers of vaccine doses coming into California uh, that we feel like by, by mid-June we're really going to just have uh, have a situation where everybody who wants a vaccine uh, can have gotten one uh, which you know is just stunning to say uh, given that this thing only started uh, going in people's arms back in late December uh, and then additionally they're saying that you know we've already vaccinated 70% of people age 65 and older, 80% in San Diego County. Um, and we know that these folks are the most at risk uh, of, of having a severe consequence, either ending up in an ICU bed or, or dying. Uh, and so as a result of vaccinating so many people in that age group, we've really seen the local and statewide hospitalization rates drop. Uh, fewer people are getting hospitalized. And they said, you know, that is really one of the main reasons why we had to do all of this uh, tier stuff in the first place is we needed to protect the healthcare resources from becoming overrun by too many people getting sick all at once and then uh, you know having just a huge spike in hospitalizations like we saw uh, in December and January. Uh, so that becomes less and less possible uh, the more and more people get vaccinated simply because we know that with vaccination, especially these vaccines for coronavirus, that uh, even if you do get in, uh, infected after you've been vaccinated, your chances of severe illness are much, much, much lower. Uh, so it's just becomes a situation where it's really hard for this pandemic to crash the healthcare system uh, like it was able to do when we didn't have a vaccine. Uh, so they're saying, you know, we're going to keep an eye on hospitalization rates. And, and more importantly, we're going to be uh, keeping a very close eye on who exactly is getting hospitalized. Uh, the canary in the coal mine there will really be, are we seeing people who are fully vaccinated still getting sick enough? maybe with these new variants that are out there circulating to actually end up back in the hospital. If, if we see a surge of vaccinated people getting hospitalized, uh, then we might have to go back to some sort of tier system. Uh, but that just looks less and less likely with every passing week as more and more people are getting vaccinated. And as these vaccines really do seem to protect pretty well against uh, the B117 variant out of the UK, that really seems to be the one that, that is really capable of spreading much, much uh, more quickly. Uh, than other variants. Sorry, that was a little long-winded, but uh, I guess it's kind of complicated, right? There's a lot to talk about. And as you said, it does really feel like the news is just moving so fast. So I'm glad you're on top of it and can explain everything to us. Um, when they talk about reopening, are we going to see, you know, giant comic cons and going into stores without masks? Like what exactly are we looking at on June 15th? Yeah, so uh, comic con has already been... Um canceled for this year, sadly. Uh, we know that for sure. Um, yeah, you know, you know, they, they pressed uh, uh, Gailey and the governor on that a fair amount today. And um, they said, yeah, you know, bars, you're, you'll be able to go into a bar and, uh, and go in at 100% occupancy, you know, restaurants, uh, pretty much everything. They, they did say uh, convention centers with, uh, with capacities of 5,000 people or, or more, uh, and like big multi-day events like, Co like the Coachella uh, Music Festival out in the desert. Um, those would still be 
restricted to some extent in terms of people having to prove that they've either been fully vaccinated or recently tested. Uh, this is a standard that uh, is now also in place for um, live entertainment venues in the orange tier. You can go up to 67% capacity, but only if you're allowing people in uh, who, who either can prove that they were vaccinated or, uh, or who have been recently tested. So uh, like that has a big implication for the Padres, for example. Petco now technically as of tomorrow could go up to 67% occupancy, but only if you meet those uh, additional requirements. It's a little unclear yet exactly how that's gonna play out uh, for the Padres. Um, you know, I think they're still talking to state about how they would negotiate that. They're going to maintain the state's uh, universal masking mandate uh, indefinitely, uh, even after June 15th and certainly uh, between now and June 15th. Uh, so, so people will need to continue to wear masks uh, if they're in uh, places, uh, you know, indoors where, where there's a, a greater likelihood of, uh, of uh, virus transmission. Um, whether people are going to still be willing to do that once they've been fully vaccinated, I think that probably remains to be seen. Uh, you know, already for months we've seen, uh, you know, many places uh, having mas maskless gatherings, uh, you know, even though it's not technically allowed and there's really not a huge amount of enforcement out there. Uh, so, so it's, uh, you know, it's always been a, a, a difference between what the rules technically say and what people are actually doing in the real world. Yeah, so that's big news today, too. While we're seeing some other states uh, remove their mask mandates, looks like California's is here to stay, at least for now. Um, so other big news, let's turn to uh, what's happening a little bit more closely to home. Uh, San Diego County has officially uh, announced that we'll be moving to the orange tier tomorrow. Uh, can you remind people what that means? Sure. Uh, so this is the um, second least restrictive uh, tier of the uh, four tier uh, rainbow colored uh, uh, tier system uh, around here. We jokingly sometimes call it the rainbow of doom. Uh, you know, the lowest level was purple. We were stuck down there for a while and then we climbed up to red uh, and we've been in red for three weeks. And now uh, as of tomorrow, we'll be going up to orange. Uh, the next highest above that is yellow. Uh, there is no green tier. Uh, which many people have complained about that it was impossible to fully uh, escape the tier system. Uh, but, you know, it turns out that they're just going to cancel it anyway uh, on June 15th if everything goes well. So anyway, so in the orange tier, uh, we are able to see uh, many uh, different types of businesses and organizations uh, use a greater percentage of their indoor um, capacity, restaurants, uh, movie theaters, uh, other places like that will be able to move from 25% uh, indoors to 50% in the orange tier. Uh, and, and uh, you know, you'll also see, for example, um, outdoor uh, live events, uh, venues like, like Petco Park, uh, be able under the orange tier to go up from 20% occupancy to 33% occupancy. So another 13% fans in the stands at, at Petco Park, for example, Although again, they might be able to go up to 67% uh, for people who are vaccinated. It's a little unclear whether maybe they could do a hybrid program where, where they have part of the stadium for that 33% that's allowed to come in, whether or not they can prove they've been tested or vaccinated and then have another 34% uh, of the stadium configured somehow for people who have been vaccinated. I think they're exploring that. I think we'll learn more about that here in the next few days. Um, so, so uh, you know, that's, uh, you know, it also applies to uh, to amusement parks, Disneyland, Legoland, uh, 
they, they've been capped at 15% and can now uh, go up uh, significantly higher than that. The, the exact percentage is escaping me off the top of my head. I have a chart here somewhere that can uh, fill that in. But overall, it's a, it's a, it's a greater uh, amount of indoor occupancy uh, than has been allowed in San Diego for quite some time. And can, I'm so glad, as I said, that you know all these rules and you can explain this to us. People can go to SanDiegoUnionTribune.com, check out all of Paul's reporting on these issues. If you want to review these details, these numbers, it's a lot to take in, but he's been doing this uh, day by day uh, for many months now, so um, he can explain it pretty easily. What are you watching for now? What is the next thing you're going to be looking at and what should we all be kind of keeping an eye out for? Yeah, you know, I am, uh, I think, kind of like the state, kind of watching hospitalizations. I, I really have felt all along that um, sort of severity of illness is really what um, what is most concerning. You know, uh, you need you need to have capacity when when uh, when your grandmother or grandfather has a heart attack. Uh, there needs to be a bed for them to go to. Uh, you know, in the ER and in in the ICU and. and throughout the rest of our hospitals, uh, our healthcare system, we just can't allow it to become overwhelmed. And so I guess that's the thing that everybody's really keeping an eye out for is, you know, with these variants uh, that, that do look A, like they're more transmissible and they may cause more severe Ill illness, uh, you know, are they going to create some kind of surge? What's, what's really interesting to think about is that cases, uh, coronavirus cases just don't really mean what they used to in this new environment of vaccination. You know, as, as we know that vaccines produce uh, less severe illness in people who have been vaccinated, it should be okay for our case, it should be okay for us to have a surge in cases as long as that surge in cases doesn't turn into a surge in hospitalizations. Uh, and so I think that's what everybody's looking at. I think, I think a lot of us expect that probably we're going to see a bit of a surge connected to Easter and the Easter uh, weekend. Um, and we should see that, you know, the the median incubation for uh, coronavirus is about 5.7 days. Uh, so we, if we're gonna see a surge, we should probably see it in this coming uh, weekend start to uh, materialize. Uh, and so when we see, if we see that surge, uh, you know, is it, uh, you know, a little further down the road uh, going to produce a surge in hospitalizations? I think that's kind of the big, we're kind of in a proving ground right now uh, with this vaccine, like, will we see, what we expect in terms of, okay, we've seen a surge in cases, but uh, seven or eight days later, we're really not seeing uh, the, the same kind of surge in hospitalizations that, that we did see uh, in December, uh, January, and then back in the summer and, and in the spring of last year as well. We kind of saw this very predictable rise in cases, rise in hospitalizations, and, and hopefully the vaccine is going to prove out and actually break that cycle. Now let's turn to opinion. Reader Outreach Editor Andrew Kleski is with us today to talk about the Your Say series from the opinion section of the San Diego Union-Tribune. Andrew, thanks for joining me. Thank you. For people who haven't heard about it in previous episodes, can you explain what the Your Say feature is? Well, the Your Say was our answer to people who were always complaining that 150 words wasn't enough space to really argue out uh, an issue as a letter to the editor. We hold people to 150 words so that we can get more people in the letters section. Though once a week now, we've decided we're gonna let them uh, have upwards of 500 words, which for, uh, for those who don't know how newspaper inches are measured, 
that's about the length of maybe two good size editorials in the paper. So essentially it gives our readers the opportunity to speak out on issues that they're interested in and have the space to do it. So highly opinionated people, this is your opportunity to share and be published in the Union Tribune. Uh, every, every week it's a different question. So Andrew, what is the question right now that uh, people are able to respond to? Well, this week, we, uh, on the heels of asking last week about uh, a new housing bill that was before the state, we decided to address the issue of whether people are or aren't thinking about leaving California. We hear all the time from people that, oh, look at these people are running for the border. They're just trying to get out of California. The taxes are too high. The houses are too high, expensive. And uh, the fact of the matter is that population continues to grow, although slower and more slowly. Uh, so we want to know, have you given serious consideration? The, uh, the story about the how high, high, high housing prices uh, has a lot of homeowners thinking, my goodness, that's a lot of money. And I could, you take that money to some other state and get a lot for it. So I have to assume a lot of people are thinking about it. I know occasionally I even think about it. Yeah. I have a friend um, who definitely, whose parents are making the move to Texas. So um, what are you hearing in responses so far? I, I'm sure you've gotten a, a bunch. Uh, anything stand out to you so far? Well, you know, I was actually a little surprised. I expected the uh, California haters to really fill the, the news bucket. And uh, in reality, I've got a surprising number of people who said, I've tried it. I've moved away several times and come back. And uh, I also got a few expats writing in. They, they saw our online call out for the feature and they wrote in from places like uh, Arizona and Tennessee saying, you know, we, we had to face the earthquakes and the wildfires and the high taxes and the high gasoline prices. And our money just goes a lot farther here in places like Arizona and Tennessee. I think the, the thing that surprised me the most was the people who said, haven't thought of leaving, never will. Uh, I, I can't imagine anybody being so sure of themselves that they say, that's it, I'm here for the rest of my life. Uh, I used to think that way. And, uh, and then people start knocking, literally people are knocking on the door these days saying, hey, you wanna sell your house? We'll give you three times what you paid for it. That is a real big carrot to be dangling in a homeowner's face that you know your house is worth three times what you paid for it. And knowing that you could take that money to a, a Tennessee or a Texas or an Arizona and uh, get, get three times the house you have here for one third the cost. Right. So this is a great opportunity for our readers to see what other people in their community are thinking, uh, hear from their experiences, just kind of soak up what the conversation is in uh, the county. Uh, what day of the week can people read this in the newspaper? Well, the newspaper, it's online on Saturdays. It usually posts uh, online on Friday. And we put in the next week's question in there. So if you do have uh, an issue, keep your eye open for, uh, for when your issue pops up. We decided to do it uh, as a call out for a particular question because once a week we were doing theme letters on a particular topic. So we thought, well, let, let's just ask people what they think the hot topic should be this week. So we ask them and 
they've been very responsive. We've gotten a, a lot of a lot of positive feedback on this feature. And how do people submit if they want their opinion to be read? Well, the instructions for submitting are in both the print and online edition, but it's simply just email it to us at letters at sduniontribune.com. Awesome. And I know also on social media, on Twitter at SDUT Ideas, and on the Union Tribune's Facebook page, we put the call outs there so you can keep your eyes peeled on social media if you want to get involved there. Thanks for joining us, Andrew. Thank you. You can find these stories online at sandiegouniontribune.com. Thanks for listening.